Talk for Tuesday, April the 27th, and I'm Donald Wayne. I'm Dennis Lee. You know, I liked that song earlier when I listened to it on Spotify, but uh, it didn't quite turn out the way that I thought it would. So that's a song by Sam Sam Felt. Ronnie. Oh, what? Says Felt, Sam, Sam Felt, Ronnie? <laughs> Sam. Oh, Sam. That's, that's scandalous. <laughs> Oh, that's r-a-n-i by the way oh, <laughs> uh man. sam felt ronnie is it's, it's the title is post malone but it, it certainly sounded differently i think it's because i have my woofer going you know when i listen to spotify well you know when the woofer's going yeah it's, it, um, it makes everything better doesn't it that's what they say <laughs> well let's see where are we it's tuesday and uh, we're back live after one one show. It wasn't a hiatus because we still did the show, right? Right. But yeah, what, we did. I mean, what I'm would you sure call that? Uh, it was just. Um, a, I don't know. Uh, a, a, um, a brain fart. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know really. Uh, it was just a. It was a test. Actually, you know what we had to do. Um, we were we were actually just remodeling. So <laughs> instead of everybody seeing the mess. Uh, we just kind of did a a solo show and then got everything cleaned up and um, then we were able to, you know. Um, oh, what know, the? Oh, now we're now we're able to unload the Trice Talks revamp show. I thought uh, that was me, but that's you. Scared me to death. <laughs> I know, I surprised you on that one, didn't I? Yeah, the first thing I did is look down my screen. I don't even have that song on my list. But, uh, yeah, you surprised me. Yeah, that's actually a good way to put it, because I was thinking today, uh, you know, some shows, they just shut down when they're when they're revamping or trying to change a few things. And, right. oh, what the heck? We have to <laughs> just let people see all the construction and, and the flaws and the mistakes. And, uh, that's it. Uh, well, we actually have those a lot anyway. So, oh, of course, of course. Especially, especially, 
if you listen to the show we recorded on Sunday night, uh, which just duck so uh, artfully pointed out to us. Right. Yeah, there's um, <laughs> that Dennis Lee was talking and and I could not hear him. Oh, I loved it. That and was you were talking about Uranus and and I I couldn't hear you. So well, I was talking about the planet Uranus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure I clear that up. Um, you did that on purpose just so I wouldn't have to listen to you talk about it, didn't you? Uh, yes. Um. But oh, yeah, it. Boy. So we're, we're we're still in the process of doing a few things, but you know we we we've got we got some of our <laughs> reconstruction out of the way, and and uh, there'll be some more things to come as uh, as we work through this. But hey, we yes. might as well just we, we'll, we'll let you see our hammers and our screwdrivers well, and our nail you can guns. Let people and, see your hammers on the way, huh? <laughs> and, and I keep my tools hidden and the sawdust and everything else. Why not? <laughs> I mean, this this is who we are. That's right. <laughs> um, By jingle. Yeah, no pretend here. Um, yeah. So, I must have missed the weather report. Not that this, these kinds of things matter to anybody except somebody who lives in Georgia. But I didn't realize it was supposed to get like this today. It was like humid or something. Uh, well, let's just say it was a very summer-esque today. Yeah. Um, I in noticed that. Yeah. Although if you were in the shade, you did get a cool breeze. Um, but you know, Eric, what it didn't feel humid. Um, yeah, I mean I, I didn't get the humidity, but I did get um the heat. Uh the heat was coming down, and especially if you were in the sun, oh boy, summer's going to be a beast. Hmm. A beast. Well um <laughs> uh, just crank up that air conditioner. Better check your air conditioners and make sure they're working properly. I know last year we had a, a Freon leak. And I, you know, I used to do air conditioning. So I told the guy, I said, you know, it's very rare to have a Freon leak unless somebody did something to cause it. Uh, unless it's real old equipment. Sometimes they'll, they'll spring a leak. But yeah, so we, and Freon, you know, it's like $500 a pound or something now. Uh, the old refrigerant, the R22. So um, right. just make sure your air conditioner is working if you live anywhere in the south. Oh, definitely. And uh, that reminds me, I've, I've got a, a thing for tomorrow night since it's Wacky Wednesday. Um, it's It's all about southern expressions that people in the north don't understand. So... Um, it well, was kind of cute. It was it was kind of cute when I looked at it. Uh, so anything going on with you since Sunday? No, just uh, just a lot of work, a lot of work. Uh, so just work, work, work. <laughs> That's yes. what pays the bills. That's what they say. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, just just make sure you don't make too much because you know they're on the hunt. For the people, you know, the 1%. Oh, so indeed. That, so they can pay for everything. Um, it's been interesting, actually. Well, it'll be real interesting tomorrow once the, uh, you know, we have that presidential address. Or is it the president in address? I don't know. I don't remember. It's just um, something Biden's going to be on TV. Does it really matter? I mean, it's going to have the same consequence. 
Well, this is true. We're not going to learn anything. Um, I, I, I loved it today. They were showing Biden in, in that uh, when he was doing the conference, the uh, the uh, the online conference thing, or, or what they call it, where they were all together. Um, shoot, you know the conferencing on where you can see everybody, and Biden was the only one in a mask. Oh yeah, yeah. You've seen that one, yes. and and so they ask. Saki about it and she says well you know the president is trying to set a good example as the leader of this country so well Saki. if he was going to set a good example I, I got i got some suggestions for him but he probably wouldn't be interested um, probably not um so <laughs> i guess i guess i guess we can Mosey on over to the next thing, huh? Yeah, you might want to unload it. Uh, what? I never keep it loaded. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the clips are very close by, um, as they say. All right. Let me see. All right. Um, <laughs> the first thing I have tonight is a you know from my old buddy Mike Huckabee. And it's what Huckabee is from his newsletter from today. And it's what he calls the laugh of the day. And he says the Babylon B, which I've never even heard of before, perfectly summarizes the Academy Awards. One quibble. All the homeless people were forcibly removed before the caring and compassionate consciences of America even showed up in their limousines. So then you have a link. That's all he said. And then he have, has a link where you go over to the Babylon Bee, which is actually a uh, uh, some kind of a newspaper thing. I don't know where it's located. But it says their headlines were L.A. homeless man feeling unsafe as limos full of drug addicts and perverts show up in his neighborhood. It says, Los Angeles, California, Hobo Hank is a friendly guy by all accounts, whether he's asking for change outside the 7-Eleven or debating philosophy with a parking meter. But Hank says his corner outside the Oscars is really starting to go downhill as a bunch of shady drug addicts and alcoholics showed up this afternoon and apparently planned to be there all evening. This, neighbor, this neighborhood is really going downhill, Hank said to another limousine, as another limousine arrived, packed with people of the lowest moral caliber. I was just, <laughs> I was just minding my own business, hanging out with Stabbing Steve and Murdering Carl, and the next thing you know, all these shifty-looking people start showing up in town. What's the world coming to when you can't shoot up a little heroin in peace? Oh I, I'm even starting to worry my cardboard box is really going to lose its value. Uh, <laughs> Hank's, Hank's cardboard box is valued at $1.5 million, according to Zillow. But he says the value will drop fast if these drug addicts and sexually immoral people don't leave town soon. Hank says this place ain't what it used to be. I tell you what, as he talked to his pigeon. <laughs> So, uh, wow. that was Hank's impression of the, uh, festivities last, uh, Sunday night. Was well, it- I, I, that's a, 
That's crazy that he actually knows Stabbing Steve as well. Um, <laughs> I think I've heard um, of Stabbing Steve. Yeah. Um, you know, in high school, that's a that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> but that uh, that's from the Babylon Bees. So, uh, they Good. must have that's they great. must have some connections there that the rest of us don't have. Oh my goodness! Well, um, from one show to another, there's a story on uh, Politico um, by Ben Leonard that no designated survivor for Biden's first joint address to Congress has been picked. Um, it says there won't be a designated survivor for President Joe Biden's first joint address to Congress tomorrow night. Wednesday's House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. <laughs> or Desaki said Tuesday. Um, typically, presidents des- designate a top official to camp out in a secure location in uh, the case of a disaster that kills the president and cabinet officials. Not that we're promoting anything like that, but it's possible. Um, but this time, amid the coronavirus pandemic, things are different. With attendance for Biden's speech limited to 200 lawmakers. Uh, Biden administration officials and staff. There does not need to be a designated survivor because the cabinet will be watching from their offices or home, but they will not be joining him for the speech, Saki said. Um, with Vice President Kamala Harris, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> Senate uh, President Pro Temp uh, Tempor Patrick Leahy, and Secretary of State Antony Blinken. All expect to attend the speech. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen would be the de facto designated survivor as the next in line of succession, assuming Yellen does not attend. Wouldn't that be peachy? Yellen. (laughs) Uh, President yelling at me again. How about that? Um, A spokesperson for Leahy told... Uh, Politico that Leahy will be attending and is on the escort committee from the Senate, but Leahy told reporters Tuesday he has got to think about whether he's attending, saying that if he didn't attend, he'd be the designated survivor. So it almost sounds like, well, who wants to stay their ass at home so they can be the designated survivor? Like, <laughs> look, he can go at any time. Um, <laughs> Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, First Lady Jill Biden, and Second Gentleman Doug Emhoff will also be in attendance, Saki said Tuesday. Under normal circumstances, the entire Supreme Court and all members of Congress would be invited. This year's lawmakers aren't allowed to bring guests. During the speech, Biden will unveil his sweeping, no, not that, he's sweeping in a dustpan, his trillion dollar plus American families plan. Yes. And now we spend dollars in the trillions, y'all, um, because every plan seems to have several of them tied to it. So this should be a real race. Almost, I'm wondering if, if Vegas has got odds on who will stay at home to be the next in line. Like, you know, um, who will win that out? Who would, who would be, I bet, I bet. They, they bet on everything in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet they could come up with to see who would be the designated survivor. So, I don't AOC. know. AOC. Oh, my. Well, it just... Um, 
There, there's a song I could play for that, but it's very explicit, and I don't think it would go well here. But um, it has to go with "The Roof Is On Fire" by um, by the Bloodhound Gang. I listen to that about five times a day. Donald Wayne, you'll have to listen to it in private. Nope. Um, oh, is it? That, is it ugly? Is it uh, ugly no, things? It says, yeah, it says uh, very explicit things, but it's okay. very funny. Um, yes. I, hey, E Little Seven I, Star Sachin. I Nova? think I think I've seen I've heard seen I've heard that one I believe is it new or is it old? Uh, no, it's an old song, but um, and but it's been it was redone by the Bloodhound Gang and they oh, okay. well, been on it. I'm not familiar yeah. with the Bloodhound Gang, but um, uh, it's, I, it's a hoot. I'll it's I'll hoot. certainly check that out. Hey, images. Hey, Ralph Williams. Welcome. Is that the real Ralph Williams? Ralph Williams. Uh, hmm. But yeah, no, I thought that was interesting about. Oh, well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, Cole, What? Um, you know. Hey, Jug. If if <laughs> Jug. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> uh, I, I can't see the screen because it's off on my my left peripheral, and I uh, I have to turn my neck to do that. Um, if, if we could all spend the money that, that the Democrats have spent and Biden, uh, since he took office, I mean, golly, we could change a lot of things. Couldn't we, Dennis Lee? Yeah, I think we could. I mean, just if, if I could get the bank to say, Hey, Mr. You know, Mr. Don, (laughs) you can have unlimited funds. You can do anything you want. Uh, shoot. I'd revamp my whole neighborhood. The whole neighborhood. Yeah, I'd I'd get, put get in a bigger that, pool down there and get rid of that pesky HOA. Just, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Install yeah. a complete government. Yep, yep. We'd make a new state. Why not? That's right. And we get two yeah. senators and uh, yeah. uh, one that's, one representative. That's right. It's the state of Wayne, um, not Maine. <laughs> Wayne. Wang, state yeah. of Wang. Wang. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh. Well, let's see. Did you know that there's more than, well, uh, let me just go this way. All right. Let me back up. Um, another ditty from uh, Mike Huckabee says, Harvard-educated Democrat lawmaker says there are six sexes. Um, oh. And this is a, it's a Texas lawmaker. It seems like seem like the older I get, the more stupid some people in Texas get. Have you noticed that? I mean, I know we're still a red state over there, but they're struggling. Right. But uh, it goes on to say, as the Texas House was debating a bill to bar biological males from girls' sports, a Harvard-educated Democratic member declared that modern science obviously recognizes that there are more, many more than two biological sexes. In fact, there are six. Hmm. So that's the first I heard of that. So first there were 56 genders and now there are six different biological sexes. I wish my investments grew as fast as the number of sexes and genders and liberal land. For those of you who didn't have the benefit of going to Harvard and being taught very expensive nonsense, he was talking about the four other extremely rare chromosome variations that can cause certain medical conditions but are not separate sexes and have nothing to do with whether someone is transgender or not. Um, let me see if I can get that. It, 
it explains it just a little bit more. It says the Texas, this is from, um, it links up to the Washington Times, uh, no less. Uh, Harvard-educated Texas Democrat lawmaker drew double takes for declaring at a hearing that there are six sexes prompting a rebuke from skeptics who said that his count was off by four. Texas representative, state representative James Tellerico made the pronouncement prior to public testimony Tuesday before the Public Education Committee. It's a measure to bar transgender athletes from girls K through 12 scholastic sports. Mr. Talarico, a former English teacher, first quizzed Republican state uh, Cole Hefner, the bill's sponsor, on how many sexes there are. Mr. Hefner said there were two. The bill seems to think there are two, said Mr. Talarico, who holds an MA in education policy from Harvard. The one thing I want us all to be aware of of and recognizes the modern science obviously recognizes that there are many more than two biological sexes. In fact, there are six, which honestly surprised me too. He explained that there are really six, there are six really common biological sexes based on X and Y chromosomes, not just XX female and XY male, but also X, a single X, there's a XXY, there's an XYY, and an XXXY. Uh, the point is, biologically speaking, scientifically speaking, sex is a spectrum and oftentimes can be very ambiguous, Mr. Tolerico said. Not having it was Beth Seltzer, president of the Save Women's Sports, who testified in favor of the bill. So she didn't care about his extra four sexes that he is touting there in the, huh. the, the Texas uh, house. <laughs> so, um, you know, news to me, <laughs> but, but uh, that's it, a whole lot of sex, Donald Wayne. I, it, I never, I just, yeah, that's never crammed so much sex in, in five minutes in my life, <laughs> but it, it was news to me. Uh, and got to leave it. It's got to happen in Texas. That's all I can say. <clears throat> well, of course, uh, of course. Um, then, uh, then I have to answer those questions. Well, oh yeah, you're from Texas, huh? Uh, well, yeah. Um, uh, uh, horses and I mean, uh, right. cows and uh, so yeah. so yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But you know. <clears throat> I never really, it never bothered me. People used to make fun of me when I moved here and say, oh, you're from Texas. Uh, and they yeah. said, they said a lot of different things about Texans, but uh, didn't bother me at all. I just figured that they were jealous. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, um, we'll go from sex to, uh, <laughs> you know, something about a cigarette, <laughs> something about, I know, right. Um, something about the Democrats that ought to get everybody fired up. Um, the Washington examiner, Kaylee McGee, he, or maybe it's just McGee. Yeah, we'll go with McGee. Um, even it says, even the New York times knows Democrats are giving handouts to the rich. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's true, Jess Duck. Uh, I mean, really. 
<laughs> the article says the article says even a broke clock is right twice a day, and even the New York Times is sometimes forced to tell the truth. The truth in this case is that the Democratic Party is currently pushing a tax cut for the wealthy, contrary to what they may say, by trying to get rid of the cap on state and local tax payment deductions, also known as SALT. Um, mm, salt. In an edit- yeah, SALT, S-A-L-T. Um, uh, in an editorial published this week, the New York Times correctly notes that Democrats' uh, defense of the SALT deduction contradicts the party's pledge to make wealthy people pay their fair share, since SALT deductions primarily benefit the rich. In fact, the top 1% of earners in the United States would receive 54% of the benefits of the change. And the top 20% of earners would receive 96% of the benefits, the editorial board argued. A tax cut with uh, such a skewed distribution of benefits ought to be unacceptable to any politician genuinely concerned about the rise of economic inequality, the editorial reads. The New York Times is exactly right. The only people who would benefit from getting rid of the SALT deduction cap, which is currently set at 10000 per family, are the wealthy. The average taxpayers who accept the standard deductions and pay less than $10,000 in state and local taxes would not be affected at all. But in typical fashion, the New York Times failed to address the core issue, which is why Democrats are pushing for a repeal of the SALT deduction cap in the first place? The answer is simple, because it would benefit their voters and donors the most. Recent data from the Internal Revenue Service shows the Democratic Party has become the party of the wealthy. Well, I mean, they wouldn't lie, would they? I mean... Oh, no, no. They, they have the numbers right there in front of them. Um, Joe, can you count that up again? Uh Democrats represented 65% of taxpayers with a household income of $500,000 or more in 2020. How about those numbers? While 74% of taxpayers in Republican districts had household incomes of less than $100,000. Where's the disparity there, old Joe? So no matter how much Democrats puff their chest about fighting income inequality, and ending unfair bailouts for the wealthy. The fact is they'll do just about anything to make their constituents and donors happy. Will they not? Especially if they're rich. So choke on that. Damn Pelosi. (laughs) I've never understood how Democrats can talk so badly about people that have wealth in this country when so many of their supporters are wealthy people. I mean, I mean, I know there's a lot that's not, but I mean, yeah, I mean they, they have look, Hollywood and sports uh, figures and, and all of the, just about all of the Democrat uh, legislators are, or have gotten rich, you know, especially the ones that have been around for 30 or 40 years. It's just, yeah, and, and I encourage, you know, we obviously have to dig deeper into the facts to know if this little article as actually dealing with, you know, correct numbers. Um, but um, there's, 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 I'm sure there's uh, at least a shred of truth to this. Well, you, you can know. see that. 
You know, you can see that. It's um, fun. Yes. Yeah. What? What? Yes. Who? What? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing was last night when I was trying to do a little mini pod about the Oscars and I had this article. And if you read different news sources, every one of them had a different percentage about how much the Oscars had dropped in popularity over the last four or five years. And uh, nobody really agreed on the percentages. So, you know, sometimes there is a lot of uh, differences in, in figures from different news outlets. So you have right. to be, maybe if you, maybe if you read a dozen of them and you just take an average, <laughs> average it out. Right. If you have that kind of time, I don't, but. Well, yeah, exactly. Who does? Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, so are, are you ready for me to? Oh something? yeah, let's let's roll you out there. No, um, I think it's you. Oh, is it me? Okay. Um, Where are we? Yeah, yeah I can care no, less about the Oscars either. There, uh, Ralph. Um, they could take that little golden Oscar and shove it where the sun doesn't shine. Um, and few, and I, I could care less. Well, the few excerpts that I saw, it was it was all political statements. Now, obviously, there was they picked the ones that we would be pissed off by the easiest. But uh, it's just, you know, that's not well, what started, I if, if it started affecting their pocketbook, because that's the only real a real. Um, real voice that they understand is, um, you know, it, it, it would only, it, it would only when we start, stop, stop watching their movies and stop buying their DVDs or stop downloading or streaming their stuff, then they would, they would take a hint, but you know, they're like, well, we can say whatever we want. You're still going to have to watch movies. Uh, not necessarily. I, I have over 500 movies in in our library and i would never have to watch another new movie again if i didn't want to but really? there are th things that i want to watch um you know and and i actually saw that uh nomad land uh that won an award uh what's her name uh the, the lady from uh, fargo um oh, anyway I seen it, yeah. uh francis mcdormand uh yeah. It, but it, it is, it's, it's a sad story. So, you know, you have to be prepared, but it was a good story and she did a great job with that in my opinion. But, uh, that's mm -hmm. one of the few new ones that, that I actually saw, but yeah, I have no use for them. I, I haven't watched Oscars in three or four years. So, um, Hey, you know, when you drop for, from 20 something million, four or five years ago down to 9.9, .9, uh, it's going to get some attention. Well, you would think that you wouldn't want to be pissing off any of your fans. I mean, they would probably buy merchandise and all that other kind of stuff. And oh yeah, you don't want people burning your effigy out in their front yard and keep talking shit. Well, that's kind of why I tweeted about uh, Tyler Perry after I was reading some posts on Twitter and and just because Tyler Perry was the only bright spot that I could see that would have been in the Oscars the other night, because he was talking about uh, people not hating each other. You know, he was actually giving a good message and uh, kudos to uh, Tyler Perry, which I've always liked him anyway. And uh, when they tried to get Tyler Perry, you know, back when the Georgia 
back before last year's election, you know, uh, Georgia was doing some things that Hollywood didn't like, liberals didn't like. So they were telling people to, to boycott the movie industry in Georgia and try to get Tyler Perry to go along with them. And he says, no, I'm not going to go along with them. I got people that live here that work for me that, you know, they depend on me for a living. I'm not going to hurt them just because I may or may not agree with, with uh, the political views of, of the people in power here. So that's the way it's supposed to be. Right. That's the way. So he's he's he appears to be a good guy. Um. So yeah, it's yours. It's your the, oh. the ball is yours. Oh, okay. <laughs> this well, is this uh, is where we're changing oh, our first okay. two segments. And uh, <laughs> I mean, we're we're still gonna get we got some debris in the way here. Got to pick up that drop cloth. Was, uh, oh, look, they're quick <laughs> on the uh, troll alert tonight. Oh my. I just full uh, of it. Let's see here. Oh, what? You, thank you, Eric. You're quick. Uh, whoa. Um, what? Uh, that one too. We're, we've got a troll inundation, but we got it taken care of. Oh. You think they have uh, therapists uh, for trolls? <laughs> um, uh, no, to, I don't think to there give is. them a meaning in life. War shows used to be popular. You know, they used to be popular, Jess. Like, I remember growing up, the award shows weren't as political. Um, oh, no. You know, really? back in the, I think back in the 90s, uh, 80s and 90s, they were half decent. But we get into the 2000s and everything, and everything entertainment-wise is um, very political. Um, it, all um, of a sudden, they decided that, their opinion matters. Now, you know, they originally started saying, you know, I need to use my platform for all my followers to tell them, you know, this is what they need to be doing. No, you don't. If, right. if you not on an award show about movies. Right. right. And, 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 and I, I don't know if this is the point that Ralph is trying to make, but yeah, they're doing their job. They're doing what they get paid to do, which is their job. And they get glorified for it once a year. They have an award show to yeah. glorify people for doing their freaking jobs. Yep. How insane is that? Now we have award shows for different corporations, but it's not scattered, you know, across the United States and the world for everybody to see. Um, but you know, whatever. That's why we have the ability to tune out. Let's make it the uh, the lowest uh, the lowest viewed award shows they've ever had the next couple of years, and that'll get the message across there too. Um, well, it also hurts the fact that uh, there was such. Of course, I know the pandemic slowed down and stopped a lot of production of movies last year, but it seems like some of the stuff that they did make, you know, uh, didn't do too well. So uh, you might want to think about spending more time on the content of your movies rather than worrying about what political movement you're supporting. Yeah. Or go over to that, um, go over to that site where you can, um, you know, wish people happy birthday and all that kind of crap. Um, you know, somebody pays $200 for you to wish them happy birthday. Maybe you're going to have to result to that. What side is that? Of making, I don't know where it's called, but different stars who just aren't making that much anymore. Oh, uh, Gary Busey's on there. God bless him. <laughs> is um, he still coherent? Yeah, he is. Gary slightly. Busey? 
he'll wish you happy birthday, you know, for a couple bucks. And actually, they're all different prices. I forget what it's called. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, they'll do this for, you know, 20 bucks, but 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Um, and they'll do this for this amount and this for that amount. You know, it's like a Zoom call. And they'll, you can have all your friends together and be like, oh, look, it's Gary Busey. And he'll be like, happy birthday, you know, or whatever. And, you know, he yeah, he, gets he, his he, little 30 bucks and goes on his way. He doesn't have yeah. much of a voice either. No, no. Uh, it's hard living for some of these poor people. Uh, well, you don't think about that when you're in the throes of the moment, apparently, you know, 30 <laughs> years ago. Throes of the uh, moment. Yeah. Uh, whoa. Yeah. A few more won't hurt, will it? Yeah, well, 20 years down the road, buddy. Um, but God bless them. Cameo.com. Thank you, Just Stuck. Oh. Yeah, Cameo.com, and you can go on there. We, we could set that up for your birthday, Donald Wayne. We pick out some actor or actress to you um, know, give you a special something. Uh, I don't know. Well, let me think about that. Okay. Um, you know, <laughs> I'd have to. Have to... We'd probably, probably find a group on, on uh, you know, a few people. Or... <laughs> How about Betty White? Do you think I mean, you get Betty White? We get a uh, now she's going to be expensive. I mean, she she's very I mean, she doesn't she doesn't need the money. So that's going to be a that's going to be a big ticket item. I was thinking more like you know Sinbad or uh, you know um, Sinbad, somebody you know some comedian or something. Hmm. Uh, Laura says she'll go on there. She's for sale. Um, can I have her for, <laughs> 10, for 10 bucks? Come on, Laura. Come on, Laura. You're worth more than that. Den- Dennis might give you 20, Laura. Yeah, so I, so you know, be like, what the hell kind of show is this anyway? <laughs> what kind of birthday is this? <laughs> oh, How old goodness. are you anyway? How old I are you, Donald Wayne? <laughs> Uh, well, you have to look at the pictures of my cake to figure that out. <laughs> Count the candle. Uh, All right, so uh, uh, Laura's trying to call in here. Oh well, let me click on her little ding or a bubble there. <laughs> I almost I, said dingle. <laughs> it's, it's a green line now. It's not. A, it's not. The box doesn't bounce anymore. It's a green oh, line. Settle down a minute. Well, oh, okay. we can't. We hey. can't. Hey, Laura. I just wanted to ask, what kind of show is this anyway? Oh, I can't. Wow. Kind of wow. There's wow. another soundbite. Person. There's I the soundbite. Tell you what. I don't understand. We have that. no idea. That's our favorite soundbite no of any. I don't of the know why y'all love that, but I'm glad that you do, and I'm oh. happy to feel that. I can well, actually do that impression because. It, Yes, it's the simple things for us. Let's just yeah. well, say yeah. I'm an ex. I'm real good at that. Uh, right. real we, good. We, we appreciate it, and I mean to have mm-hmm. a fellow Texan do that as well. That's oh that's yeah. Awesome. Telling you, yeah, I'm cheap, bonus. and I do those. Yeah. <laughs> so what? I'm helping you guys out. She does the voiceovers, Donald Wayne. Oh okay. Can you say howdy? Can you say howdy? Howdy. Howdy. I can say howdy. I can say howdy. Okay. I don't remember us saying that when we lived there, but well now it sounds like an interview, Donald Wayne. I don't know what's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hold on, let me get the documents out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> need, need, may need to sign oh, no. something. 
<laughs> How um, are you, Laura? I'm good. Yeah. How y'all doing? Oh, we're peachy. Yeah, we're peachy. we're there. Well, that's good. That's good. That's good. I'm trying to change up the show a little bit, so doing a little All right, remodeling. Oh, mm-hmm. just changing up a few bits on the show. That's all. A little song and dance, you know. Yeah. Some, mm-hmm. some glosses. Uh, you know, I just wanted to know what kind of show it was and let you know that if you need my voice at any time, I can always use this impression for you. Well, thank you so much, Laura. It's very good to hear your voice. You're very welcome. I'll be Hi, quiet. I'll Eric. Hey, quiet. Eric. Good evening, gentlemen. Okay. Good evening, Laura. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy taco. Did anybody have a taco today? Oh, I um, We did trivia on Slightly Show before y'all went live, but of course... But but of course, Dennis Lee and Donald Wayne are right. The the show is going in a little bit in a different direction than it has normally been. Yeah, yeah. Um, tacos, so, uh, tacos for everybody. Yeah, uh, we're. I did have Mexican food tonight, but no, it wasn't. Oh, did I didn't you? have tacos. Yeah, I had uh, enchilada I suprema. So I bet uh, I haven't been going to my normal Tuesday <laughs> trivia game in a couple of months. Oh really? Okay, cool. Well, but I have the trivia it, MC yeah. um, text me trivia questions and answers to do on Slightly Show, though. Oh, cool. cool. But, um, you know, I'm, I, but, I, but I know that I, I haven't had a chance to listen to the Sunday show yet, which, because um, I, I, I would probably think more than likely y'all are trying to get the show back to its original roots the way y'all had intended with a few other changes, in case anybody's interested. Uh, no. Just, just uh, changing it in general, you know. I mean, just like any other show would would uh, transform and grow and try different True. things. That's kind of what we're doing. Uh, but yeah, um, we've you know. been doing the same thing for ten months, it, and you I mean, really, it kind of got stale. It it goes quickly, and then you just kind of think, well, let's let's uh, let's That's shake wild. it up. Let's That's shake wise. it up. Well, Jump thank you for up. the clap, uh, oh. there, Ralph. The gift yeah, thanks, on Ralph. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, we, I mean, even other podcast friends appreciate like the the gold beans, but um, but at the same time, you might even have podcast friends like saying that instead of wasting money on those gold beans, just donate into like a PayPal account for a particular show host. That way, y'all aren't getting shortchanged. Oh, well, well, it's a, it's a progression, so we're... But we're it is going to take time. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. You I know, mean, what's just, what's money anyway? I mean, you know, yeah. when, well, when you're I having a good a, time... I mean, we can have a conversation about that, Donald. Oh, mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> that probably be a conversation for another day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just didn't know that it meant so much to you. Yeah, well, you know... Um, <laughs> It still means a little, but um, it's not as much as it used to. George is starting so, to sweat. Uh, yeah, Bill still got to get paid. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness! Boy, yeah, I know, right? It's just a mess, just a mess, mm-hmm. but yeah. uh, in a good way. Oh, um, so here's okay. So here's what uh, here's what I was going to start and. I'm going to try and do one of these to the beginning of each one of these segments and let's see how it works. Um, because I had to push the boys off on their way. They weren't real happy about it, but um, yeah, I bet that was a they're shock supposed to them. To be, yeah. They're going well, to be making um, new songs and, um, you know, um, 
you know, they still got royalties coming. So, um, <laughs> well, I, you know, we, I, we, it, we that's still in may, the way of sandwiches. Um, we may need like some the themes for some of these things we end up doing. So, right, right, you know, there's right. a chance they might have some work yeah, down the road. And hopefully, you know, I can get uh, old, uh, get Bobby to get some shoes and cover up those feet. So, yeah, um, let's see how this goes here real quick. And they ain't old meaning of life, man. It's like this, man. You like a butterfly flapping his wings deep down in the forest, man. It's gonna cause a tree fall like five thousand miles away, man. And ain't nobody see it, nobody don't don't even happen. You know, the baby's born into this world, and they don't they no goddamn friends and got no nothing but to go come in and find out all about them old evil, man. Man, see, like, you don't even know, man. When you gonna, it's like you're born into this world, man. And you got, like, it's like this, man, the dust in the wind, man. Or like the dang old candle in the wind, man. You're gonna, it don't matter, man. It's all the old, old, these old time. You know what I think, man? Like, the dang old, I think, therefore you are, man. Well, that's what we tell ourselves, isn't it, Boomhauer? <laughs> well, no wiser words said there, Boomhauer. Well, we're just going to do this little bit, and I'm, I'm calling it, um, Lee's Corner, and I, <laughs> I, I, I found that inspirational uh, little thing from Boomhauer to kick it off with. So I think um, I worked with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we probably all have. I um, believe hey, I worked Ace, with him. Welcome to the show, Ace. Um, so uh, there's, a, there's an article in Newsweek that a teen nearly dies after holding a venomous shell that can kill 700 people. A shell. Uh, art, a shell that can kill 700 people. This is an article by Rebecca Flood. And, um, a, you know, the shell is quite beautiful. And I'll make sure to post this on Facebook. But it says a teenager ha has shared his near-death beach experience after picking up one of the world's deadliest animals, which harbors enough venom to kill 700 people. Goodness. Um, yeah. I mean, Don't let the, the Chinese get that. Well, I'm telling you, they probably already or got the Russian. loaded up, um, you know, in, in a little EpiPen type thing. Um, <laughs> but it's got the shell has these pictures of little mountains on it. It looks like, and I mean, it looks beautiful. Who wouldn't want to pick it up? But the teenager identified as only as Jono from Queensland, Australia, is an avid shell collector who regularly heads down to the ocean to search for specimens. The 19-year-old uploaded a clip to TikTok earlier this week sharing the moment he came inches away from death after picking up a pretty textile cone. Inside was a cone snail, which is among the most venomous creatures on Earth. Way to go, buddy. Um, in the clip, Jono says, back nine months ago, I was nearly killed at the beach. I guess that doesn't really sound Australian. Sorry about that. Oh, was that Australian you were doing? Offend anybody. I don't think it was, but um, I'll continue without the accent. Said I've found a live textile cone shell. This animal will kill in less than nine minutes. I thought it was empty. Please do not pick up cone shells without gloves. It's the number four most deadly animal on earth, and we'll have to fact check that there, buddy. Um, the video, which has been watched by more than 17 million people, was captioned, the ocean safety should be taught in schools. Indeed, it should. Um, 
in the background of the video, Jonah can be heard claiming it's his best find ever as he handles the shell without gloves and holds it in his palm. Commenting on the video, Angus said, man's holding death in his hand. Um, sharing their own near miss, JMO357 wrote, learned this on a school trip to Hawaii, dumbass. Had a similar <laughs> close call. I just thought it was a cool shell. Actually, he didn't say dumbass. Um, ah. I just threw that in there. <laughs> TikToker, TikToker Maddie admitted, now I have a fear of something I didn't even know existed. Um, so she'll have to get treatment for that. Well, Blanca E. Perez thanked him for the warning, writing, I'm so glad I came across this video. Literally don't know a thing about shells. I would have picked it up because it's pretty. Yes, and you would have killed 699 other people. Um, <laughs> the textile cone shell or the conus textile harbors a cone snail with the conus belonging to the Conidae family. Conus, that sounds peculiarly similar to something else, doesn't it, Donald Wayne? Um, Am I there supposed are, to? <laughs> I don't know if I follow you or not. There Conus. are 500 oh. different species of mm. cone shell with the most venomous producing up to 100 individual toxins known as conotoxins. Cone snails are one of the most venomous creatures on Earth. Among the most toxic are the textile, geographic, and tulip snails, and there is a higher risk of death if the geographic and textile snails are involved, Aquarium of the Pacific noted. Over the years, at least 36 human deaths have been attributed to cone snails, um, so I guess they've killed other animals too, which attacks uh, via an appendage resembling a harpoon called mm -hmm. a Proboscis. Um, uh, I mean, when's the last time anyone here has seen a proboscis? Um, <laughs> well, and that uh, protrudes from one end of the shell. So, you know, it could maybe relate uh, anyway. There, there was uh, this movie. <laughs> the Attack of the Proboscis. Um, a study published in the National Center for Biotechnology Information said the handful of humans that are stung by a cone snail are often subject to a venom potent enough to immediately paralyze and eventually kill its prey. The venom from one cone snail has a uh, hypothesized potential of killing up to 700 people. As humans aren't the conus usual prey, most attacks occur from, hand, occur from handling a live specimen or treading on one. There's no known antivenom, and patients must immediately be rushed to hospital for treatment. Um, reactions vary with the NCBI reporting numbness, necrosis, and unbearable pain. These progress from initial weakness, sweating, and visual changes to generalized muscle paralysis, respiratory failure, cardiovascular collapse, and coma. Sounds good, doesn't it? If a patient is untreated, death is rapid and often occurs within one to five hours. Jonah was lucky to escape with his life after later realizing the creature was very much alive, and he shared a follow-up clip where he filmed the snail's infamous red pubuscus. Oh, that's scandalous. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Why did it have to be red? uh, That must be red. That must probably be X-rated. He said, but it is a lot. It is live. You can see the red in there. The thing will kill me in seven minutes or less. I don't know what to do with it. I've got to be really careful with this one. It's glowing red proboscis. Um, glowing? Now it's glowing? Yeah, uh, well, you know, I threw that in there, too. Oh, okay. Um, I, you know, <laughs> I have to keep a fact checker on. <laughs> um, uh, well, we so got, there's we got, a, uh, a jellyfish that's, that's similar that, that can kill you fairly quickly if you get stung. Uh, um, yes, yes, there are. Uh, the man of war? That's one that could really do a number on you. I'm not going um, in the ocean anymore anyway. You know, I ever since I was in no- Panama City and, and the shark was, you know, maybe less than 20 feet away from me, I decided that's a sign. Um, well, we've got, we got one last little story. Um, Newsweek, uh, again, you talk, you, you, at Karsha Laharia, there's a Texas dog fights 25 pound lizard in backyard battle. Um, it's not every day a pet dog encounters a lizard of similar size to themselves in their own backyard, but on a Sunday evening, a pit bull boxer crossing old Willis, Texas, experienced just that when she was let outside for a bathroom bake um, and a break. So, you know, a bake on a break. Um, her owner, Molly Daughtry, is grateful that her dog is alive after the ordeal. Doctor left her beloved dog, Nola, with her parents for the weekend while she attended her birthday celebration in New Orleans. I guess that's why her dog was named Nola. She received a call from her mother on Sunday evening as she was boarding her flight to return home, screaming that Nola has been attacked by a very large lizard. And I'm not kidding. Doctor told Fox 26 in a video interview, I was hysterical. I was like... What's happening to my dog, Daughtry told Fox 26. Daughtry added that the incident occurred while her dog, Nola, was taking a bathroom break outside, spotted the large lizard in the family's backyard, and began to chase it. Nola just took off after it because she knew it wasn't supposed to be there. She immediately just started going after it, and obviously, it is going to fight back. Daughtry told Fox 26, it was terrified, I'm sure. They have teeth just like a large dog would. It's essentially like a big, large dog fight. The two apparently engaged in combat at some point as the family found bloodstains on their backyard fence and Nola was left with wounds to her face, head, and chest and limping in her hind leg because of the attack. Um, a doctor told Fox uh, 26 the veterinary treatment added up to $3,000. I'm going to be hunting me a lizard. Um, <laughs> the worst part about this situation is she now has a torn ACL, which is a pretty big surgery and recovery. So it's a six week recovery process. What in the world? Since the attack, she has filed a report with the Panorama Village Police, who has reached out to All Thing Wild, a state-licensed wildlife wildlife rehabber. (laughs) Wildhide? (laughs) Wildhide. The exotic lizard was identified as an Argentinian black and white tegu, which is a large exotic species of lizard 
that is often kept as a pet. So this, you know, gets deeper. The one that attacked Nola weighed 25 pounds and according to wildlife experts belongs to someone and may have been let loose because it had an infection and appeared critically injured. Oh, just last year, Georgia wildlife authorities warned locals about the spread of the invasive species as uh, an issue that the National Geographic reported is spreading across the southeastern U.S. as captive tigus are released or escape into the wild and left to breed or disturb, uh, disturb existing ecosystems. Daughtry said this wasn't even the first incident of a tigo roaming her local area she's heard of. Someone else posted on her panorama page that she had seen one in her yard on the same street last year with a cigarette in its mouth. <laughs> Daughtry told Fox 26. <laughs> I threw that in there. I'm, I'm like, okay, we don't have to worry about snakes, possums, and raccoons. Now we have to worry about lizards. Uh, uh, because a pandemic was not enough, lizards are going around kicking my dog's ass. So authorities have warned locals to call them if they spot a similar reptile and advise citizens not to approach the angry lizard. Um, I would just say to go out and check your yard before you let your dogs out because my parents have a small wiener, and if Toby would come out, it would have killed him instantly, 100%. <laughs> what? what? Or a child. Back up. <laughs> oh, back up. <laughs> I, 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 okay, never mind. I just... I was trying to put that all together, and I'm... What does Oscar Meyer have to do with this? Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, but um, yeah, where so those you, where do you are find the, these things? The, I mean, lizards the, and snails, the, and I mean, dogs and cats living together in harmony. Um, so that's uh, the beginning of Lee's Corner, and we'll we'll get into that uh, every evening and see how it goes. <laughs> well, Thank you. Just... Thank you so much. <laughs> oh gosh. Um... <laughs> I don't, I don't know that I can follow that. Um, all right. Well, I'll just, <laughs> I just, we'll do something here. Um, okay. I don't even know what to call it. Uh, it doesn't have a name right now. It's somebody uh, get the Tylenol. It's uh, yeah. I got a whole, a whole bottle here. I'm about to take it. Um, the first little story that I have is from Germany. Oh. I'm going across the ocean to Germany. Whoa, I, you're painting a very, I'm starting to yes. close yes. my eyes now. <laughs> take myself away across the ocean. Don't, because we know how quickly you go to sleep. <laughs> uh, so, on April the 27th, the police in Germany said a bomb squad was summoned on a report of a grenade left, left stuff left over from, from the... Indeed. Germany and, and France and Belgium and so forth. But anyway... The, the who bless you 
The police headquarters in Lower Bavaria said the bomb squad was called into a wooded area outside of the city of Passau near the Austrian border on a report of a hand grenade in a plastic bag found by a jogger. Hmm. The, the bomb squad did an online search, <laughs> you know, I guess assuming after they got there, and confirmed that the suspected explosive was a harmless sex toy. Huh. I, had to, I had to stop right there and say, well, you know, not uh, what kind of sex toy looks like a hand grenade? Well, they but they should all be harmless, shouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> the hand grenades or the toys? I don't know. Toy- but, <laughs> <laughs> depends on depends on if you've ever watched some of the episodes on- of Shameless. <laughs> Um, Fifty Shades of Grey. I guess it depends on what you like. Um, I never saw that one, but yeah, Shameless. Yeah. That, that, that uh, oh. yeah. Anyway, so it, it sex toy looked like a grenade. Investigator said the con- <laughs> condition of the plastic bag. <laughs> yeah, this ought to be fun. I'm sorry. I <laughs> just, I just came together. I'm thinking about a pineapple. I don't know why, but. Uh, I'm sorry, Donald Wayne. Well, it kind of looked like a pineapple. Oh, boy. Maybe it was. Uh, (laughs) Investigator (laughs) said the condition of the plastic bag indicated it had been in the woods for some time before being discovered. So Hmm. I guess you got to be careful what you pick up in the woods, too, there, Dennis Lee. And it doesn't have to be some kind of lizard or snail. Yeah. Well, geez. Uh, uh, it's a tough world we're living in. <laughs> we're gonna go from a sex toy looks like a hand grenade to a beaver in Canada. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, oh. well, at least you found a good segue. <laughs> April the twenty sixth. Oh, what is this from? I don't know what. Oh, UPI of all places. Says beavers chew through a cable, <laughs> knock out internet service to 900 customers. Uh, Canadian telecommunications company said about 900 customers in a British Columbia town lost internet service when the beavers chewed through a fiber optic cable. Tele said customers in Tumblr Ridge lost service at 4 a.m. Saturday morning, and a repair crew discovered a pack of beavers had chewed through the cable. At multiple points. Uh, This Liz Sav. Okay. A spokeswoman for TELUS. Said. (laughs) It's really not even that funny, but I don't know what. uh, Said in an email to CBS News that it was a very bizarre and uniquely Canadian turn of events. I have no idea what that means. Where, where's our buddy in Canada when we need yeah. him? Our team located a nearby dam, and it appeared the beavers dug underground alongside the mm-hmm. creek to reach our cable, which is buried about three feet. Uh, the beavers first chewed through the conduit before chewing through the cable, Sov wrote. Repair crews captured photos showing pieces of TELUS equipment being used by the beavers to build their dams. <laughs> so, uh, I I didn't even know that the beavers could use the internet. But uh, I mean, uh, they they 
I guess beavers can Twitter too. They, uh, they, they, uh, anyway, they got them, everybody back in service in Tumblr Ridge, Canada. Wow. There's nothing worse than an angry beaver, um, or a hungry one that, for that matter. So, uh, <laughs> my goodness. Okie dokie. So that's, Whoa, that's, boy. that's what's taking the place of. <laughs> national calendar day well, uh, beavers and hangar days well, at least the boys are sitting at home entertained uh, i bet they're saying yeah they'll be calling us back <laughs> <laughs> yeah give them a week yeah be... <laughs> jay call up Peter. now they're on about beavers um my goodness Oh, that's good stuff right And there. it's not even Wednesday. I can't imagine I what we're going to do tomorrow. We're going to get closer to Wednesday every day. Um, well, that's true. <laughs> that's a fact. I mean, like. <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to it myself each passing day. Um, uh, oh, well, you're up, you're up uh, next. Sir, yeah, worry. I am. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, yes, Laura, I, wise words. Um, I, I have to change <laughs> change screens here. Change clothes. Um, change. Yeah, well, almost. I I don't have the air conditioning. Wardrobe change now. Huh. We need music for that. Oh, <clears throat> oh. Hey, welcome, Drot. All right. So, on a serious note, ah, yes, has nothing to do with poisonous animals or beavers. Um. Ashley Babbitt's family is uh, filing suit against the Capitol Police. Have you heard that one, Dennis Lee? No, I have not. Uh, this one is actually from uh, another one from Mike Huckabee's uh, uh, news edition newsletter from today. Um, so they got an attorney. So he goes on to say, Terry Roberts, the attorney for Ashley Babbitt's family, has announced their plan to file civil charges in her death. He revealed this Monday on Newsmax. Uh, oh, well, that's just an ad for Newsmax. Forget that. Since Babbitt's death during the January 6th breach of the Capitol building, her family has wanted transparency about the circumstances, but it seems they've determined that a lawsuit is the only way to get that. The family and I were disappointed in the Department of Justice's decision on this Robert said, but my role is really to bring a civil action and in a way that may vindicate her rights. Fam family members strongly disagree with the DOJ's decision not to release the identity of the Capitol Hill police officer who wielded the gun. We think the evidence is ample and would support criminal charges against the officer, he said. There was the required willfulness on the officer's part, he said, and the officer could see that Ashley was not armed and presented no immediate threat to him. There was no legal justification for shooting her, the, the lawyer says. According to Roberts, there is ample evidence that the officer gave no verbal warning before shooting. His team has talked to many of the people on Ashley's side of the door, and apparently no one they talked to had heard a warning. I don't believe she even knew the officer was on the other side of the room, he said. The officer was kind of concealing himself in a room, according to Roberts, off to the side of her field of vision. He easily could have just arrested her. There was no need to use deadly force. It was an egregious act of excessive force, the attorney said. He should have been charged. Regarding the relatively quiet aftermath of this shooting, the lack of public outcry, 
Roberts lamented the double standard at work here with different circumstances, a different location, a different political climate. It's a certainty that there would be charges. When asked if the family believes this is because Ashley was a Trump supporter, Roberts said, clearly that has everything to do with it. Unfortunately, it shouldn't. As reported in the Epic Times, Babbitt, a U.S. Air Force veteran, was trying to climb through a broken out window in one of the inside doors of the Capitol building when she was shot. As her family attorney said, she was clearly unarmed. In addition to identifying and speaking to multiple witnesses, the family's legal team has been working for weeks to collect open source photographs and videos in an effort to reconstruct what happened before Ashley was hit. Mark Schmel, an attorney for the officer who remains unidentified, told Real Clear Investigations that the officer did issue warnings, several of them he was acting with in his training, Shamel said. Lethal for- force is appropriate if the situation puts you or others in fear of imminent bodily harm. Real Clear Investigations um, linked to this article from April 14th, the day of the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia announced their decision not to prosecute the officer who shot and killed Ashley Babbitt. Their press release stated that DOJ officials, along with the Metropolitan Police Department's Internal Affairs Division, conducted a thorough investigation of Ms. Babbitt's shooting. This, they said, including reviewing video, taking statements from officers and other witnesses, gathering physical evidence, and viewing the results of Ashley's autopsy. Note that in this description of what happened, the DOJ press release says nothing about any verbal warning given to Ashley or any other effort made to subdue her before the use of deadly force. But it does say that the investigation revealed no evidence that at the time the officer fired a single shot at Miss Babbitt, the officer did not reasonably believe that it was necessary to do so in self-defense or in defense of the members of Congress or others evacuating the house chamber. The three basic elements for a criminal prosecution are that the defendant was acting under color of law, acting willfully to, and deprived the victim of a federally protected right. I emphasize the term willfully because this appears to be the point on which the case would turn. That's because the rest of this case seems easy to make. The officer was certainly acting under color of law, and he did deprive the victim of her federally protected rights, the right to life, among others, and clearly this was excessive force. An unarmed woman trying to climb through a window could be subdued quickly without the use of a gun. She wasn't using a bat, breaking windows, etc., as others were. It makes little sense, at least given what we know, that she was targeted. Notice that the Babbitt attorney used willfully to describe the officer's excessive force. His use of that word was no accident. In their press release, the DOJ said prosecutors would have to prove not only that the officer used force that was constitutionally unreasonable, but the officer did so willfully, which the Supreme Court has interpreted to mean that the officer acted with a bad purpose to disregard the law. As this requirement has been interpreted by the courts, evidence that an officer acted out of fear, mistake, panic, misperception, negligence, 
negligence, or even poor judgment cannot establish the high level of intent required. Tell that to the other cops who have been identified and prosecuted for behavior that might be considered mistake, negligence, or poor judgment, but still criminal. Derek Chauvin was convicted on three counts of murder and manslaughter. Do we have proof he was intentionally disregarding the law, or did he think he was acting as he'd been trained? I'm not defending Chauvin, just pointing out the double standard. Again, unless there's something we don't know, the officer almost certainly could have subdued Miss Babbitt without shooting her. He clearly intended to shoot her. We've seen the video of him aiming directly at her and pulling the trigger. But the DOJ holds that there is no evidence the officer didn't reasonably believe that it was necessary to shoot this woman in defense of himself and or others. Acknowledging the tragic loss of life and offering condolences to Ms. Babbitt's family, their press release concludes the U.S. Attorney's Office and U.S. Department of Justice have therefore closed the investigation into this matter. Well, it's not over. So um, I'm kind of glad that they're doing that. Right. If nothing else, you know, every other officer that's involved has been involved in shootings in the last year, or I guess forever. I don't know. There's ever been an officer shooting that we've not learned the name of the officer, but for some reason, because it's Capitol police and because it was this case with Ashley Babbitt and because she was a Trump supporter. And of course she shouldn't have been doing what she was doing. But uh, as many other people say in the news, when some of these other shootings occur, well, just because so-and-so was not, you know, they were doing this, that doesn't mean they deserve to die. So if that's true, why wouldn't it apply here with Ashley Babbitt? Right. Did she deserve to die because she was going through that window that day? And you can see the video, the videos that I've seen, you can see the officer through the glass and you can see his stance and you can see him pull it, raising his arms um, and, and pointing the gun. I, I can't honestly say that it was pointing towards her, but you can see him doing that. And then the next thing you hear is the, the gunfire. Mm-hmm. And why did he just shoot her? I mean, if he was worried, I mean, there was a lot of people at that door and there was a lot of people with bats and chairs and things trying to break in. I'd be more afraid of somebody coming in, uh, you know, with something in their hand than it would be some woman climbing in the window. So, but then again, I'm, I wasn't there and having to make that decision. Right. And that's something that's, you know, has to go to trial. That's what we keep saying. Let the law play out in these different, you know, atrocities that happen and, you know, let that go to trial and let justice prevail. Yeah. Um, other, different circumstances. There's no way this thing wouldn't have already been on this way to trial. Right. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm glad to see they're doing that. And it may, it may determine that the officer did do it. Uh, it was justified, yeah. but it deserves to go to court to, to find that out. So, well, um, yeah, the, the, uh, article I've got up is, um, Newsweek, um, Natalie Colarossi has got an article that an Australian official warns country to brace for a curse of war as tension grows with China. Um, 
A senior Australian security official warned staff members that the country should brace for the curse of war as tensions grow with China, causing other government officials to be wary of such strong language. You know, because actually <clears throat> China is also taking sides as a sidebar here. China's taking sides with Russia on their stance against the West right now. So um, they're kind of banding together. In a world of perpetual tension and dread, the drums of war beat sometimes faintly and distantly, and at other times more loudly and ever closer. Department of Home Affairs uh, Secretary Mike Pizzullo said in a message to staff that was shared with Australian media on Tuesday, the Associated Press reported, Today, as free nations again hear the beating of uh, drums and watch worryingly the militarization of issues that we had until recent years thought unlikely to be catalysts for war, let us continue to search increasing un- unceasingly for the chance for peace while bracing again, yet again, for the curse of war, Pizzullo added. Pizzullo's statements came as Australia's Day of National Remembrance, known as Anzac Day, and amid growing tensions in the Asia-Pacific region regarding China and Taiwan. Senior opposition Labor Party lawmaker Bill Shorten described Pizzullo's reference to drums of war as pretty hyper-excited language. I'm not sure our senior public servants should be using the language because I'm not sure what that actually helps except to cause more anxiety, Shorten said. Prime Minister Scott Morrison did not directly answer when asked at a news conference whether he agreed with Pizzullo that the drums of war were beating. My goal as Prime Minister is to pursue peace, Morrison said. That's what we're doing. We're pursuing peace for a free and open Indo-Pacific. Morrison said his government uh, had increased defense spending to ensure that Australia's national interests can always be protected. And Defense Minister Peter Dutton raised the prospect of conflict between China and Taiwan in his own comments on Anzac Day. Nobody wants to see conflict between China and Taiwan or anywhere else in the world, Dutton said. I don't think it should be discounted. In response to Dutton's remarks, Chinese Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Wang Wenbin said (laughs) on Monday that (laughs) Taiwan was part of Chinese internal affairs that do not tolerate external interference. It's hoped that the Australian side will fully recognize that the Taiwan question is highly sensitive. Abide by the one China principle, be prudent in its words and deeds, avoid sending any wrong signals to the Taiwan independent separate forces, and act in ways beneficial to peace and stability, Wang said. Western Australia State Premier Mark McGowan, the Labour government leader of the state that exports Australia's most lucrative export, iron ore, to China, called on the federal government to tone down its language on military tensions. I just urge the Commonwealth and people in this position, elected and otherwise, to tone it down. Simmer down now. Tone it down, McGowan told reporters referring to Basulo's Drums of War reference. What good does that do, sayings like that? Not, it's, it's totally unnecessary, McGowan said. 
adding that diplomacy should be conducted diplomatically. Palazzolo noted that this year marks the 70th anniversary of Australia's defense treaty with the United States. He cited U.S. wartime General Douglas MacArthur and President Dwight Eisenhower. Let us remember the warnings of two American generals who had known war waged totally and brutally. We must search always for the chance of peace amidst the curse of war until we are faced with the only prudent, if sorrowful, course to send off yet again our warriors to fight the nation's wars, he said. Australia must reduce the likelihood of war, but not at the cost of our precious freedom, Pizzullo said. Um, <clears throat> you know, yeah, things are heating up on that side of the world. Um, Russia, you know, uh, pushing Ukraine and um, you know, China over the battle with Taiwan, and neither one of them are favorable of uh, the American American stance on the issues, and so they're kind of banding together, and it's something that we definitely need to keep an eye on. Yep, it's. Uh, you it's think maybe maybe yeah, it's, it's a myth. Everything's. Uh, you think maybe they're just. Uh, Testing Biden's resolve, America's resolve. It could be to get involved. Could be or um, planning or hoping that we won't. Right. I just you know when you have two um, superpowers like that banding together, um, I would think that we would um, everything would be very well thought out. But you know. That's in, uh, that's in somebody else's hand, so. Yeah. Hey, Tron Cat. Meow. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, you don't have that cat sound thing with no, you? No, I didn't, pu- I didn't pull that up. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're kidding. We kitty. always meow at Tron Cat when he comes in the room, yeah. um, and we roar for the for, for um, an, another podcast friend that also comes in other shows that, like, like the Dark Woods podcast, um, Dark Bear, I believe is his name. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and that was, um, yeah, it's just a little inside of what Australia uh, thinks about, you know, what's going on. All righty. I've always wanted to go to Australia ever, ever since I, uh, um, oh, what was the... Um, since you saw a Crocodile Dundee? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting to go to the Outback. Uh, oh, no, goodness. even before that, I, I, I used to take national geographic. Actually, my uncle used to give me his national geographics and, uh, which used to be a great magazine, uh, back in the day. And, uh, yeah, they oh, just, wow. the, the pictures of Australia, I've always wanted to go, although, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of desert down there, a lot of places that are not very inhabitable. Yeah, it'd be beautiful to see though. But yeah, I'd still and and stay away from the uh, Great Barrier Reef with the uh, uh, we've the got sharks. Several, several listeners that are from down down under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do. Um, all right. Let's see. Looking over here. All right. Uh, so Nebraska, a Second Amendment sanctuary state. How about that? Uh, you know who the governor of Nebraska is. I, I know that's not a real question. It's uh, Pete Ricketts. <clears throat> Ricketts. 
Pete Ricketts is the governor of Nebraska. Wow, wow. And he just signed a proclamation declaring that, that Nebraska is a Second Amendment sanctuary state. It declares that Nebraska will stand up against federal overreach and any attempts to regulate gun ownership that infringe on the Second Amendment rights. Right. Uh, this is a great example of using the left's own playbook against them. If they howl that states don't have the right to refuse to comply with federal authorities after declaring all those sanctuary cities and states for illegal immigrants, they will sound almost as laughably hypocritical as Rachel Russian collusion is real people. Uh, oh, Rachel Maddow. Maddow uh, does when she accuses someone who's skeptical of the 2020 election results. <laughs> she says that they're crazy conspiracy theorists. Um, yeah. Oh, Governor Ricketts. Let's see. <coughs> what I, oh, my gosh. A picture popped up of a... <laughs> I told Somebody, you not to click on those channels. Now, you know these these stupid pop ups. There was you know, a get, uh, get infected. There, there was a girl man. wrestling a pig to the ground, and she threw him on his back, and the pig's little legs were sticking straight up in the air, and probably squealing too. But Peter, where's Peter? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't get those channels, Donald Wayne. So uh, a child block on the stuff. It's so. it's you know it's <clears> on <throat> it's it's a. What is this? Oh, just the news. Just the news. Oh, okay. Wilbur. Why is your name Wilbur. up there? Oh, that's not. That's oh, not well, your I, name. I, I may be in the news. I, I don't know Dennis, anything I've done. But, Dennis uh, Lee. Uh, anyway, I've just a few words from uh, Governor Ricketts. Uh, Nebraska has always been a state that has supported our Second Amendment rights as a symbol of that support. Today, I'm signing a proclamation to declare Nebraska a Second Amendment sanctuary state, the Republican governor said in the video. The White House and the U.S. Congress have announced their intentions to pursue measures that would infringe on the right to keep and bear arms. Part of the proclamation states, Nebraska will stand up against federal overreach and attempts to regulate gun ownership and use it uh, and use in the good life. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, okay. I'm not quite understanding that. Another section of the proclamation states. Uh, last week, the Biden administration announced actions related to gun violence, and the White House Secretary, Jen Psaki, indicated, you got me wanting to say Psaki every time I see her, <laughs> indicated that more actions could be coming in the future. She said that Biden is not going to wait for Congress to act. Well, hell, why should he? He's doing pretty good so far, just, you know, executive uh, orders yeah. to act, to take uh, additional executive actions. This is the beginning. He will continue to have his team review both from a policy and a legal standpoint, additional executive actions that are possible to take. In other words, Biden's not through with this this gun gun thing yet. So, no, um, uh, you know, I think it's what it's going to take. Uh, you know, we talked about it several weeks ago that some of the states, uh, I think twelve or sixteen states, are you know, of course, they band together and started looking at the election laws of their states. But I think they're going to be looking at other things that they're worried about. Uh, Biden and, and Washington trying to 
forced down the throats of the individual states. And I, I hope they stand up to them. <clears throat> yeah, uh, they should. Uh, just, you know, what the hell? Say, you know, you can make pass. I mean, they do it with uh, uh, drug laws. I mean, look at these states because uh, the the federal law is still against marijuana. Um, I don't know if it's changed since Biden's been talking about it. No, but, it's still it's still a federal crime. So if they can if they can say screw Washington D.C., you know, we're going to let people get high in our state if we want to, then why can't they do that with everything else and say we're not we're just you know go ahead and pass whatever law you want, but we're going to do what is right for the people in our state. And yeah. I, I hope I hope that trend continues. And uh, I think Washington's going to find itself in a pickle uh, if they keep trying to ram these things down the throats of the people well, in the country. They like ramming pickles down people's throats. <laughs> I shouldn't have I even brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all I got to do is give you a carrot, and you know, you try to make a salad out of it. That's... <laughs> um, so that's good for Nebraska. I've never been to Nebraska, but you know, must be <coughs> some right. fine people up there. Go Cornhuskers. Yeah. And, and Governor Ricketts, you go, man. Yeah, you go. Um, <laughs> there's a um, there's a sad article, actually, out of uh, the Daily News by Brandon uh, Sapinza. Um, and this actually came across the news last night, too, that uh, Delhi um, – is um, over in India is cremating so many bodies from COVID-19 deaths. Authorities are being asked to cut down trees for kindling. Oh my Um, gosh. Yeah. As COVID-19 continues to wreak havoc on India's already weakened healthcare system, authorities in Delhi have now been getting requests to cut down trees and area parks for kindling as the number of cremations taking place has skyrocketed. Um, you know, cause they're getting the, um, double strains over there. Um, and they said the, cons- the strains will continue to mutate as those cases keep rising. Uh, says people line up dead bodies of who's, of those who died of COVID-19 at a crematorium in New Delhi, India, Saturday, um, April 24th, 2021. Delhi has been cremating so many bodies of coronavirus victims that the authorities are getting requests to start cutting down trees in city parks as a second record surge has brought India's tattered healthcare system to its knees. Uh, at graveyards across Delhi, dozens of ambulances wait in line to cremate those who died of COVID-19. Space is severely limited at burial sites across the country, which is why many localities have resorted to large funeral pyres that burn at night, according to the AP. With a population of nearly 1.4 billion people, India has seen new records for daily COVID-19 infections for the fifth straight day, with 350,179 new cases reported on Monday, totaling beyond 17 million cases. Additionally, 2,812 people died, bringing the nation's total deaths to 195,123 deaths, according to the health ministry. However, the numbers being reported are believed to be undercounted. Um, Family members of a person who died due to COVID-19 light the funeral pyre at a crematorium in Jammu, India, Monday, April 26, 2021, 
as it shows on this picture that we'll post on our Facebook page. In the city of Bopal, um, crematoriums have added pyres to help offset the influx of bodies that are coming in. One of the many sites in the city is so overwhelmed it has foregone Hindu brutal rituals or burial rituals that many Indians believe will release the soul from being reborn. Hospitals across India are overwhelmed as they operate beyond capacity with two or sometimes three patients sharing a bed in some locations. Oxygen and ventilators. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oxygen and ventilators are also an extremely rare commodity as the country continues to plead for global intervention and helping them get through this crisis. On the news report last night, as a sidebar, they had people in beds outside the hospital and this made up little tents and they were in little carts and buggies. And <clears throat> and if they were lucky, they were able to get some oxygen and some of them were not. They so were why, having to keep alive manually by just con- doing compressions. I wonder why we, we aren't sharing uh, with India then, because, uh, you know, when Trump was leaving, we had an abundance of uh, well, that's, uh, that's, ventilators and so forth. <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm, I'm all about, you know, um, helping our, our people in our own backyard first. But if we're, you know, as the administration has been touting, we're crawling out of this and we're on the other side of it and everybody's doing great, then, um, you know, and not just us, the rest of the world, that, that they're on the, the other side of this, um, why are they not lending a hand? Because uh, literally, this is a catastrophe that's yeah. going on over there right now, and and they are they are vaccinating their people, but they are so far behind in vaccinations because it's like spreading like wildfire over there. They can't keep up, and they're not getting um, they're not getting vaccinations into the country fast enough either. Um, well, that's right, Jess Duck. Yeah, are we really? We don't know because all along we said that, um, you know, the numbers are skewed. You know, you don't know if the numbers are accurate, if they're on the high side or on the low side. And states are saying that it's getting better, but is it really getting better? Uh, We don't know. And now the report came out last night that um, there's a large percentage of the population that is skipping their second dose of the shot of the vaccine. So, yeah, that really is not going to help anybody out. I don't, I don't understand that. Um, I mean, if you survive the first shot, which well, they're I did, scared, right? They're scared off from the Johnson and Johnson shot that was taken off the shelf for a minute. Well, they figured out that you had six people, or six to nine people that suffered, um, you know, uh, uh, blockages, and yeah. that. Um, but out of how many millions of people, it's a pretty low number. So should they have, uh, with the data that they had, should they have pulled it? I don't know. But now they're saying that is part of what people are saying that, you know, they're not, they just don't trust it as much as they did in the beginning. So, and, you know, 
And people are, you know, what's on the priority list? People are getting back to work. They're doing this, that, and the other. They're feeling like they're okay. Hey, everything's opening up. Everything's getting back to normal. The the horse races are going to start in a week. Um, you know, what's what's the problem? So well, I think I, I think it's a false sense of security that if we don't watch out, we'll get into uh, the summer and into the fall, and we're going to be in trouble. I, I can understand some people's reluctance to uh, right you know, blood clots, right? John yeah, blood clots. But you know, I, I just I weighed it out, especially. Of course, I'm in that age group who is <laughs> who it's it's critical for, uh, even though I'm in good health. But um, knock on wood, I, I just I. I weighed everything and, and I did it as much for the rest of my family as I did it myself because I felt like that was the only way that I had a chance of getting back to some kind of normalcy. And, well, um, and, 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 and just like said, lady me was talking about another wave and, and they are, there's a lot of people in the healthcare industry that is talking about another wave coming through because we're about to be into summer and we went through spring all these people are getting together, you know, outside of the riots and everything else that happened here and there. People are getting out and they're going and doing things. And they're going to continue to do that. This summer is expected to be uh, the biggest summer travel um, uh, uh, time for, you know, that, that'll blow back, uh, blow out, blow away numbers that we've seen, you know, just in the not too distant past. Well, yeah, people are just tired of being in, but. Uh, Jess was asking, uh, Johnson, Johnson, yeah, they have put it back in service, uh, right. at least according to the article that I read, but, um, I, I just, for me and, and my family, I felt like it was the right thing to do. Um, I don't like vaccinations. I don't like shots, but, uh, I just thought it was the right thing to do, but I, I'm not going to fault somebody if they don't feel like they want to take it or they or they have reasons for not taking it, but you know, they're talking about now, uh, they were talking about it on the news tonight. Uh, some corporations are looking at policies where if you don't have proof that you've gotten the shot, that they will not let you come back to work, whether or not that's enforceable or not. I don't know. I'm sure that'll end up in court if, if they start pushing that, but, right. um, well, yeah. And the mass thing, uh, I, I see people all the time walking. And of course, here in Georgia right now, of course, I think the the yellow plague is just about over with the uh, pollen. But close, yeah. Um, people are wearing masks just walking around. Uh, I saw a guy jogging with a mask the other day, and it, fortunately, it was a young person, so evidently they have the lung capacity to <laughs> to run and still have a mask on, but. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm sick of the mask, really. And I feel like if you're outside in the open air. As soon as I come out point? of the store, I mean, as, as, as soon as the door closes behind me, it comes off. Yeah, I see people out in the your lawn garden all the time with, with, with mask. Oh, okay. I was making sure you were talking about your mask. What? Way, you know? <laughs> what? Where are you going with that? No. As soon as I come out of the store, I'd take that mask off. And if, if there's not a sign on the door, I'll go in the door without a mask. But I have not encountered any store so far that 
Home Depot still requires it. The, the, the grocery stores <clears throat> still require it. And I'll honor it as long as they make it a rule for them. But, uh, you know, when I'm outside, I'm not, I'm not wearing it. Right. And I have had. I don't even wear I don't even wear a mask when I'm driving my car and I'm in my car by myself. Oh, I see people doing that all the time, Eric. It's it's like, and, and I mean, and I, I look at some of those people like, are you crazy? I mean, I mean, um, but um, unless, unless this is something that's ingrained in them. I don't know if it's a fear. I mean, I guess if you, I mean, I did actually have a customer. We had to go pick up something to finish a job, and they offered to drive me since I had no idea where in the world it was she was trying to send me. She drove, and I wore a mask in the, in the vehicle with her, and she wore one as well. But uh, if I'm riding by myself or people that I know, I'm, I don't wear a mask. Um, yeah. It's been a month since I had the second shot, and... Um, I, I'm I'm done with it. I'm tired of my glasses fogging up. I can't see people in the store. So I'm over it. But yeah, they're talking. It's funny. They were talking about uh, Trumpers tonight on the news. Uh, they were playing some clips of some liberal uh, talk host. Uh, who's that? Wasn't Rachel Maddow? Oh gosh, I can't think of her name now. She's almost as irritating as those people on the View. But she was saying the people who are Trump supporters are the ones who are resisting getting shots, and um, you know because you know we don't feel like that we're just resistant to it. And you know it's garbage like that that people say that just make you realize that there's there's no logic coming out of their mouth at all everything that they spew is has something to do negative about uh republicans or conservatives or just because you voted for trump or supported trump you're not going to get a shot or you're not going to wear a mask come on right uh you know so yeah like people who supported trump or republicans in general have no <clears throat> you know, no common decency or respect for life or, you know, we throw everything to the wind. <clears throat> well, yeah, uh, that's pretty much deplor deplorable human beings. Um, so he's been out of office three months now and still everything <laughs> negative is his fault. Right. Uh, and everything good is Joe Biden's right. pat on the back. So, but uh, I'm done. I'm just about done with the mask and uh, yeah. a lot of the experts now, I mean, for every expert that you find like Fauci that, you know, says, keep wearing a mask, you'll find another one that says they're not useful anymore. And they weren't that useful in the beginning. Right. Uh, but it was it's something that made people feel better. And I guess if you're in a room and people are, but Corey, Think about it. If you're in a room and people are the droplets is what you were supposedly worried about and wanted to contain. Um, and somebody sneezes and blows their mask off their face. I know I've had a couple of sneezes that, that almost blew my mask off. Well, yeah, you know, you know, my sneezes anyway, they're always exaggerated, yes. but um, if it's going to get on your mask. It's going to get on your clothes anyway. So, uh, you're going to strip yeah, down. I, I try not to get my droplets on anybody, but <laughs> I dress sometimes. And we appreciate that. 
Um, even though I'm related to those droplets, I'd still rather you keep them to yourself. You've earned them. Lord knows I try. That's right. Um, Well. All right. Was that it on that one? Yes. Yes. Let me throw this one other little thing in here. Um, Again, it's from Huckabee, but it says, Biden changes law enforcement for some. It's very short. Making official the Biden administration change in direction on immigration law enforcement, the Department of Homeland Security announced that illegal aliens who fail to depart the U.S. will no longer face fines, and ICE will work with the Treasury Department to cancel the existing debts of those who have already been assessed fines. Oh, we need we need the uh, income, but you're going to cancel those debts. Of course, they probably weren't going to pay them anyway. Meanwhile, as Democrats around the nation are decriminalizing everything from illegal border crossing to rioting, shoplifting, drug dealing and prostitution, a woman. Yeah, I didn't know they were making that legal. A woman in Oklahoma (laughs) discovered she was wanted on a felony rap for failing to return a rented VHS VHS tape to a video store in 1999. She's wanted on a felony rap for a videotape. And what state? Uh, Oklahoma. Huh. Wow. I, you know, well, I can understand oh, Oklahoma. Yeah, Do we have uh, anybody in Oklahoma that listens to the show? I'm sorry if you are. <laughs> I have some relatives that live in Oklahoma, so, you know, I can talk about them. Uh, Karen McBride was getting married, and when she went to to change her name on her driver's license, she discovered there was a complaint against her for felony embezzlement filed in 2000 by the movie place in Norman, Oklahoma for failing to return a VHS copy of Sabrina, the teenage witch. Oh, that would even make it worse. She says she never even watched that show and suspects her then boyfriend's daughters rented it in her name. But she now thinks she knows why she was let go from several jobs. They ran a background check and found she was accused of a felony embezzlement. Of course, they're supposed to. Aren't they supposed to tell you? Don't they have to share that with you if you turn somebody down? Well, they do things a little different in Oklahoma, Donald Wayne. Oh, okay. I mean, it's been a long time since, since I've been in corporate America. But I thought we used to have to tell people, you know, if, if something comes up on their police record. Uh, anyway, the county DA's office agreed to drop the charges, but that doesn't make her problems magically disappear. She's already suffered financial hardships, and now she has to sue the state to clear her record. If it's any consolation, the movie place went out of business in 2008, and a history of violence was the last major movie released on VHS in 2006. So she's long outlived both the store and the video format. But, you know, that's true. If I mean, it costs you money to, to clear your name, even when they, they do something like that. Some stupid-ass thing like making that a, well, a felony embezzlement over a stupid... Well, and see, Redbox got smart. You know, they would be like, well, if you keep the movie for more than five days you own it and we're taking 25 dollars out of your account so well that's probably that's, what they should have done you know on right. all those video places back then but 
Um, yeah, I think I would have checked into that sooner if I was being turned down for some jobs. <laughs> That's just, Lord, but yeah, we're going to make it easy for, uh, people to come here illegally, but we're going to chase people down about a videotape. Huh. Come on. What are you in for? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> Sabrina, uh, the teenage witch. I mean, that's. Oh, uh, you wouldn't live the first night yeah, in jail. You'd have to. You'd have to make something up. It has to be some, you know, weird. I tell you what, I was a pirate. I bootlegged copies of <laughs> Sabrina the Witch into five countries. Um, <laughs> I just don't know about it. Don't know about our justice system anymore. The crazies have taken over. All right. Well. That's uh, all I have for to finish that out. We're getting we're getting close to the wire there now. Of course, um, we're you know, like I say, we're changing some things to the show, and we're not going to be doing the promos on at the end of the show like we were before. But they will be posted uh, along with the um, along with the show on our on on Podbeam when we post the shows tonight. So we'll we'll do all of our promotions there. But um, we st- um, y'all are both the best in the meantime. Is that, that's what we'll say along with those good podcast friends that we love and support and we try not to compete with on the live platform if we could help it. <laughs> but, but we definitely look forward to y'all doing more shows. Well, thanks, well, Eric. Thank you, we, Eric. We appreciate, we appreciate it. you. Yeah, and definitely keep Slightly's friend and Pertwee and Honeybee in prayers. And, I want to uh, ask you about uh, Pertwee. I, I sent him an email last week. Um, I think um, from what I think slightly understood, um, Honeybee um, seems like she's improving and, and Pertwee's doing better. But the friend out in Hawaii, I think him and, and the other half just received what sounded like some devastating news that I think the other friend, it sounds like the friend has given up his fight, which is very sad. But but please keep keep that friend in prayers, if you Jeez. will. Yes, no. we definitely yeah. will. So, but we don't know how that's going to affect slightly show schedule, but y'all will be kept posted, you know, like when the shows are not live in the meantime. Yeah, I meant Thank to send you. Pertwee a, uh, uh, another email just to check on, uh, check on her. Well, if you have, if, if y'all have time this evening, I'm, I'm sure you might reach out to him and follow up and see how yeah, he's doing. Yeah, but I'm glad to hear that, that Honeybee is doing better. So, all right. right. Uh, Dennis, you want but good night and love well, you and God bless you. And we'll talk thanks, to you Eric. soon. Thank you, Eric. Dennis, you, uh, um, yes. If you would, um, like to, um, you know, get into the tweet and then, uh, Twitter us on at, uh, Trice talk WG moon. Um, if you'd like to give us suggestions about the show, things you'd like to hear, um, you know, um, complaints about the planets, um, you know, or send us pictures, uh, but try to keep them decent. You can do that at tristalk 69 pts at gmail.com. No pictures um, of the planets. Please, especially that one. Um, <laughs> and you can also get us on Spotify at Tristalk and Amazon Music and Tristalk. And I encourage you to follow us on Facebook at Tristalk, and that's where we post the shows as well. And a lot of the articles that we use are on there. And, um, you know, you'll get updates about postings and all that good stuff. And make sure to follow us here on Podbean. And you'll get updates on future shows there, too. And we are on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern. 
And, um, you know, if you want to get weird and explicit, then uh, you can check out Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole before <laughs> Trash yes, Talk. Yes, and, yes. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get this out of my mouth because, unfortunately, <laughs> it is very spicy, and I did not know this. Um, um, you can check out Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole if you're spicy as well at, uh, at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and thereabouts every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday um, before Tristalk. And, uh, look, we, we appreciate you. We love you. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. And thank you so much for being here and uh, and downloading our shows as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, we do appreciate you spending time with us. And uh, and we uh, we talked last week a little bit about a, a contest, but since we started reformatting some stuff, uh, we'll we'll still have some more details. We're going to try to get that kicked off at the first of May. So uh, sometime this week there'll be some word on that, but. Uh, Please be patient with us because we still intend to do that. And, and you know, we're still making some adjustments with uh, the other things that we do. But um, the closing thought for tonight is from Albert Einstein, who said, I am thankful for all of those who said no to me. It's because of them I'm doing it myself. So I like that. Uh, I do too. Uh, there's, <laughs> you can always depend on yourself, can't you, Dennis Lee? Indeed. Uh, so tonight, you didn't even notice the other night when when we did we didn't do the live show on Sunday night that I said I was going to close with uh, Miley Cyrus, and I didn't. And I, I did, kept, but what was I going to do? Point it out to you? Yeah, you could die. You know, anything. I was that, like, well, I, I don't know. This isn't Miley Cyrus, but <laughs> I'll go with it. Well, I don't. You know, I hit, I hit the dance monkey instead. I think so. Oh boy! Tonight, well, I'm gonna, please don't. Uh, we no monkeys were abused during that episode no, of the show. I'd like no, to say it is it is a song, um, but oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I I am going to hit Miley Cyrus tonight. Oh my God! Well, and we don't encourage hitting individuals either. Good no. Lord! I mean, I this is a family show, Donald. Stepped Martin. in that, didn't I? All yes. right. <laughs> if you want to grab the lights, we'll let Miley 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 sing. And, All uh, right, well, I'm me, I'm done. <laughs> let's turn it out. The, this party's over. Stay safe, everybody. Easily, but I
I'm not 